you can be a freak to know that. If you if you think a lot, imagine a lot, maybe that's what I did. I daydream. Because that's that's where my interest comes in radiology. If you know anatomy, you'll be a perfect radiologist. There's no need to Cross-sectional anatomy is so important today. When you look at cross-sections, you should be able to identify what you believe. Anyway, we'll come to that when you do abdomen. Now, when you're doing this musculoskeletal system in the limbs, everything seems to be like, oh, I've got to memorize this, I've got to memorize this. Where to memorize it, there were so many other information which I have not provided. And uh, what is what is the must must know is in my best. And you must know these. Right? Mm -hmm. What you may know is in your books. And what is nice to know is up to you. There are three ways you look at it. Okay, I may have written down some sentences and blah blah. You see, you get so bored reading these sentences. Imagine if you have to read a book. So, uh, <clears throat> let's proceed to the ulnar nerve. Ulnar nerve, like the median nerve, does not supply anything in the arm. No skin, no muscle. So, this nerve comes from the median cord and pierces the medial intermuscular septum and goes to the back. When it passes in the cubital tunnel, which lies behind the medial epicondyle, it can get injured. In the fracture of the medial epicondyle, it can get injured. And so, it can produce clot. I removed a few slides away from this, because I thought I'd do it in my hand. I just left it with this slide alone for you all. I'll not clot. Okay, let's see what happens. The fracture of the medial epicondyle. What muscles in the forearm is lost, supplied by the other? What muscle is supplied by the other nerve among the five fingers? Rexa carpi, anaris. Good. Anything else? In the deeper part, the deep, there are three muscles, a deep, long flexor for the thumb and long flexor for the digits, profundus, is the pollicis, longest is not alnana, that works with the thumb, I told you, think of the thumb, thumb is always needed. Adductor is inside the hand. What is in the forearm? What are the deep flexors of the fingers in the forearm? Core. What are the superficial flexors of the fingers in the forearm? Core. Flexor doesn't go to the fingers. 
and extends into the another aspect of the tendon behind. So it is not getting inserted into a bone, it's from a tendon to another tendon. So there are four numbers for the four numbers. The index and the middle small numbers are supplied by medium now. They cause the lateral half of profundus is medium. The ring and little supplied by ulna. Ulna. Because the medial half of profundus is supplied by ulna. It's a simple matter of fact. That's it. Okay? Now, these lumbricals and intrusic, they go in front of this joint. What joint am I moving? MCT. At the top it is flexing it, right? Because it is going in front of it. Then these tendons which run in front of this joint go to the back. All four of them go to the back on the radial side and insert into a common tendon that comes from the extensors. So they insert into a common extensor tendon and that's the reason why they extend there are two of them, proximal and distal. So what is the action of lumbricals and intrusive? Flexion of density, extension of IPs. Now if that is paralyzed, what will happen? The opposite. Extension of MCPs, flexion of IPs. That's where you get a clot. Now this is a clot. This is typical ulna. Now if the nerve is injured here, it's like this. If the nerve is injured here, it's like this. Got it? Mm -hmm. So at the wrist, it's total. Remember one, then remember the other. Okay, enough of harping on it. The Alna paradox is not what it appears to be. I told you about that extension wire. Connecting into that plug outlet and push switch the light off there, the whole thing goes up. That means if it is proximal, everything should go, but it's not going. It is the other way around. That's why it's called paradox. Okay, now the triceps lie behind. You just have to know again the same thing as for this also. You've got to test the triceps jerk and you're testing C7 and C8 spinal segments. Okay, so you turn it behind, press the elbow on your patient's elbow, on your elbow, on your hand, and then tap at the back and you get okay, So that's about the triceps. Anconius, small muscle here. Now radial nerve. For the posterior cord, it runs in the triangular space. Remember the three spaces I told you in the beginning? One quadrangular and two triangular. One triangular space is related to the scapula. The other triangular space is related to the humerus. It's the one that is related to the humerus where the radial nerve comes from the front and approaches to the back. It runs in the spiral groove covered by the lateral head, pushing by the lateral head, and it reaches the lateral side of the arm where it pierces the lateral intermuscular sector and comes from the front. And what are the two muscles that you see just at the lower part of the arm? What is
remove the lateral boundary of the Enough of that again. Change the regular. It's the same idea that comes down. 
the breaking artery runs up in front of the elbow and divides into the two major arteries, the radial artery and the ulnar artery. Just out of curiosity, I want to ask you, which artery is larger in caliber, ulnar or radial? Many of you will say radial artery is larger than the alma artery. I don't know what to see. Well, it's the other way around. The radial artery is smaller in caliber than the alma More blood gets into the alma artery. Now, I want you to do something. Uh, if the fingers, you can feel your radial artery pulsations here, right? Maybe the middle finger, you just place it over here. You may feel the ulna position, but still compress it against your yeah. wrist. Or you close to it, tightly. Close it. Nice and tight. Open it. You see the blanching? See yeah. the blanching? <laughs> see why? It's very pale. I remove one artery, I get back the color. That? You remove this this finger, you get back your color. But if you don't get back your color, that means both the arteries are not connected with each other. So, when they do uh, uh, arterial uh, bypassing, When they do, when they connect the artery to a frontal tissue, so in that case, you have to have continuity with both the arteries. Dialysis, arterial dialysis. So what they do, from the radial artery, it gets into the dialysis nerve. And then that comes back uh, to the veins. So that connection between radial and ulna artery is essential. Only then you can do an artery. So if you're going to connect the radial artery, the blood should come through the ulna. Right? But if there's no blood connecting between radial and ulna, it's better not to do the arterial uh, dialysis. Okay, so this artery runs down. It gives you the fossa. Remember the tan? So it lies between the tendon and the nerve, which is the medial nerve. This is the place where it isn't the blood pressure. So when you do blood pressure, what is the pressure that disappears? It is stethoscope. Is it systole or diastole? Have you taken any blood pressure before? Yeah. yeah. So, what is the pressure that disappears on auscultation? The diastole. The artery you use to break the artery. Now I need to, <coughs> need to do some little dive, drawing, make it very simplified, and give you the branches of the artery. How the anastomose of the branches actually give an ulna artery. A very simple dive. So we start with the brachial artery, coming down all the way and divide into radius, radial artery, ulna artery. Right. The first branch that comes from the brachial artery is an artery that goes laterally. This is called the profunda 
Another one that goes in front of the medial joint. The black one is the brachial artery, the red ones are branches. So there's another one that goes in front of the medial joins up with an artery that's the anterior ulna recurrent. So the anterior ulna recurrent, because it lies anterior to the medial epicondyle, it's called anterior ulna recurrent. That goes and joins up inferior ulna Superior joins posterior ulna recurrent. There's a common artery that comes from here. One goes in front of the implacious membrane, another goes behind the implacious membrane. One goes in front of the implacious membrane. So, what is the implacious membrane? The two bones. So, one branch of an artery coming from the ulna artery. This artery is a common intrusion. It's a common intrusion artery that divides into one going in front of the intrusion membrane called anterior intrusion and the other posterior intrusion. Now this anterior and posterior intrusion will go in front of the corner and the back of the corner. Now there's one guy coming from the common intrusion. That anastomosis will one branch of the profunda brain. It's called the middle point. And from the radial, you have another one, anastomosis. So basically, what happens here is an anastomosis. So what is the actual idea behind these anastomoses? Now if I block the brachial artery, there is some problem in the brachial artery here between the superior and the inferior. Blood in the brachial artery cannot flow down here, so it goes in this and then goes to the Right? And now I am going to extend this.
three actionaries. Right? And in the last branch of the accelerator, what are the two last branches? Brachial axis, axillary, brachial axis, and there is a thrombus roughly here. Over here. Just after it gives up the anterior posterior surface, but before this one comes, how can blood go to the liver? Or will the blood go to the liver? Unless, in some cases, the posterior circumference has got one direction to the profunda brain. And a few individuals have got a connection to the profunda brain. Or rather, the, prof the profunda brain comes off from the posterior circumference. In that case, they will be saved. And that's not me. Okay. So, where the artery between the axillary and the brachial, before the first branch of the brachial, is blocked, then the limb suffers from blackness. That's the reason why you should know this. So these are the branches I have written on the branches of the brachial. And you should know that one artery accompanies the nerve. You might as well start writing it down somewhere. So what nerve? What artery? What nerve? What artery? Sometimes there's an artery in there, there's no nerve. Sometimes it's only a nerve and no artery. In the upper, maybe that should be your own nerve. Because all the nerves accompany an artery. If you know that, it makes it easy to do. So this is what I mentioned about serious ischemia to the upper limb. This occasional branch, which I just mentioned, can help the patient sufficient enough to supply this blood to the distal end. Now, if there's a fracture of the distal end of the hubris, blood collects in front of the cubic fossa, or the lower part of the hubris, and it can block the brachial artery. It can lead to hematoma, which can lead to future contractures, as permanent claw end. Contracture. This happens when the blood to the forearm muscles are lost, and the forearm muscles, instead of being muscular, they become fibrous. So there's a constant contracture. There's no way it can relieve unless you cut those tendons. You 
you also get injury to the median nerve, most important median nerve, followed by ulnar nerve, which can also be injured, and the radial nerve. In order of frequency, median, ulna, radial. This is what happens in this. You get an indentation in the forearm, so the deformity. When you stretch in these patients, it is flexed like this, you may try to stretch this forearm muscle to work. Try to flex this forearm muscle, it can end up in severe pain. So you get pain, pallor, which is color, pulselessness, because the brachial artery is blocked or jammed to the radial pulse, paresthesia, altered sensation. What is anesthesia? Loss of sensation. You may get paralysis. So, Walkman's ischemic contracture, what is the cause of it? Brachial artery obstruction on a long standing thing. Now, the brachial veins, they are not one but many. They are called the vena comitans of the brachial artery. I told you it goes around the brachial artery and then that enters into the axillary vein. I told you about many functions of the cubital fossa, which vein that we use, medium cubital vein. If you do not get blood from here, where else can you draw the blood? In front of the wrist. As a lateral aspect of the wrist, on the roof of the anatomical stuff, crosses you can get the cephalic vein. And sometimes that seems to be an easier way for you to fix catheter inside and strap it so that when the patient moves, it, it won't come off so easily, unlike here. Okay, so here's the MRI CTs with the cross section. A huge big muscle. You can see the bone there. So the all the muscles here in front of it are the flexors. Behind it are the extensors. There you circle around, you see the ulnar nerve. Here you see the ulnar nerve, there you see the brachial artery, the median nerve, so it's more anterior. Okay, you may not get so many cross section views, CDs and MRIs, or limbs, but you may end up with certain things. So you've got to know whether you're looking at one bone or two bones. To know whether you're looking at a cross section of the arm or cross section of the forearm. Thank you.